it was pretty rough. It was you know, weird for a 15-year-old to, to process yeah. that. It really shaped who I was and who I am, and, and mm. uh, it, was, it was lung cancer. The two big things that you do in life, you get married and you parent, and nobody teaches you anything about this. Nobody, exactly, you don't, you don't have a clue. Like we're, you're making it up as you go, literally making it up as you go. You don't attract what you want, you attract what you are, right? Mm. And so sometimes you gotta focus on like, hey, I just gotta be a better friend. Like if I want better yeah. friends, I gotta be a better friend. Welcome to What's the Story? My name is Matt Edmondson and this is a podcast full of stories about faith and courage from everyday people. And today I'm chatting with Brett Curry about what it's like to grow up in a Christian home only to be faced with the passing of your mum when you're still a teenager. But before we get into that with Brett, uh, one of the things I want to do is give a shout out to past guests and episodes that we've and topics that we have hit on. And I thought it would be great to mention uh, one of our live streams. What does the Bible say about grief? You can check that out. That's available on the website as well as uh, going deeper than coffee shop friendships. Oh yes, what a great talk that was. Uh, you can find these and our entire archive of episodes and live streams on our website for free at www.crowd.church. And whilst you're there, why not sign up for our newsletter? And each week we will email you all of the links along with the notes uh, from today's conversation with Brett. It goes directly to your inbox, totally for free. It's totally amazing. So uh, just sign up to that and you'll get it each and every week. You'll never miss another episode of What's the Story. Amazing. Now, this episode is brought to you by Crowd Online Church. Brett, you know as well as I do, right, that not everybody wants to go to church and not everybody can get to a church building. And this is where online church works super well. Uh, it's a safe space to explore the Christian faith. And the thing that I love about Crowd Church is that you get to join in the conversation. Uh, they don't just talk at you. So if you've never been to church before, or if you're looking for a new church, check out Crowd Church. The website is www.crowd.church. Or if you've got any questions about the Christian faith or about church, you can email me directly at matt at crowd.church with any of your questions. Awesome. Now, Brett is a seasoned entrepreneur. We met because of uh, our crossovers in the digital space. Uh, he's such a legend. You're going to enjoy this conversation. Brett is a husband and a father of eight you heard me right, eight kids. He is a basketball coach and still finds time in all of this to host Bible studies in his house uh, while doing all of that. He currently lives in Springfield, Missouri, right in the middle of the country. And apparently, another thing we share in common is we are both fans of the Kansas City Chiefs. So, yes, go Chiefs. What can I say? Brett, thanks for coming on the show. Great to have you here. How are you doing? Matt, uh, just delighted to be here, super excited, and I'm doing great. I'm doing fantastic, and I love what you do with this podcast, and so just just happy to be a part of it. Oh, you're a legend. Thanks for coming on. Now, it's fair to say this is the third podcast we have recorded uh, <laughs> together, so we're, <laughs> we're, we're becoming quite quite familiar with each other, I We're getting very acquainted, man. I'm, I'm really, I'm, and what's cool, Matt, I will say this, I think I like you more with each episode. So oh, okay. that's a good sign. And, and at least we're keeping it fresh, right? We did like digital and e-commerce and then leadership and now we're talking faith. So we're keep we're keeping it fresh. Yeah, we are and, keeping uh, it fresh. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, it's good. For, no, it's good fun. Uh, some might say we've got a little bromance going on here, Brett. So. <laughs> bromance. I'm not opposed to the bromance. I, I think there's nothing wrong. I think sometimes <laughs> you need to kindle that a little bit. It's good. So. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. It's interesting, actually. Um, uh, totally off topic here. I didn't plan to talk about this, but one of the things um, that has intrigued me about men in church uh, is some of the men I know have very good friendships with other men, right? And that's actually quite healthy, you know. Back, I mean, we joke about the bromance thing, but the sort of friendships with other men thing is quite a powerful thing. Do you, is that something that you have found? I mean, I know we have a mutual friend in, in Jared Mitchell, and, and you know, we both rave about him, but. Do you do you have close male friendships and do you find them helpful? I do have a few good close guy friends who are also strong in the faith so that they're believers and they're mm. and they're you know, committed to their families and they're doing good stuff in, in business or in their in their profession or whatever. But I will say it's pretty hard to find and I, and I think one of the trends that's been happening especially in the the church in the US is that there are less men kind of mm. engaged and and serving and committed in church. Mm. I don't I don't know why there, there are probably some theories and some things out there, but but it, it is harder. It's harder mm. to find that that group of guys that you that you connect with. And and for me, I'm I'm a little bit picky in who I hang out with, right? I I, I like talking to anybody, mm. but in terms and I'm a very social person. And I really like people from you know diverse walks of life. Mm-hmm. But like, if I'm going to be really close friends or hang out with somebody, like I'm a little bit picky, you know. So I want to yeah. I want to be around someone who's like going in the same direction as me and and committed yeah. to the same things I'm committed in. I'm not sitting around and like playing video games all day long. No judgment if you are, but like you know, <laughs> dudes that do that, I'm like, eh, I'm probably out. Yeah. I, lo- I love you, but I'm probably out. Uh, so yeah, I've got a handful of of mm. really good friends. And that's perfect for me. Um, so yeah, very grateful for that. We I didn't have that early on in uh, my marriage. Like my wife and I got married pretty young, and we didn't have yeah. super close friends that were our age and like committed mm-hmm. to the faith and growing. But but thankfully, that's developed um, starting about fifteen years ago. We we started an, an in home Bible study, and it just became mm-hmm. some of some tremendous lifelong friends through that group. And was that something then you intentionally did when you were in your early twenties, yeah. newly married? Yeah, we did. We intentionally started a life where we just kind of felt. I've always, I've always enjoyed teaching and sharing, mm-hmm. and I've, I've taught a little bit in, in youth and and preached in like very small capacities and stuff. But but I, I've always enjoyed it. And so we decided to host an in home group. Uh, the first group we hosted was kind of rocky. Like it was it was weird, or we didn't really connect with anybody that was in the group. But we did it, you know. And then that kind of disbanded, and then. We had a group that met in our home for 10 years uh, before people kind of started moving and going in their own direction. And it, it, mm. to this day, and that was 15 years ago, um, some of our closest friends. And so, yeah, we just felt called to do it. And mm. and then God really blessed it. And it was amazing. Yeah. No, it's fantastic. There's something about, I think, intentionally creating friendships with four. I'm talking about men now, but um, there's something about men intentionally creating friendships with other men who are able to encourage you in your faith that is insanely life-giving, right? And I think if you're isolated from that, that, that's actually quite a hard road to walk. It is. And and I've heard people say, you know, well, I mean, the Bible even says like – Bad company corrupts good character, right? Like mm-hmm. who you're around influences you. I've heard I've heard other people say that you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with, you know, which mm-hmm. which uh, I spend a lot of time with with kids. So I don't know what that means. <laughs> uh, 
uh, means you're young at heart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but it's true. Like you need who you're around impacts the way you you think and act. Like if you're around people that just to give a, a non spiritual example, like if you're around people that are active and work out and eat healthy and stuff, you're probably going to do that, right? If you're around yeah, that's people true. that that don't and they're sedentary, you'll probably gravitate towards that too. So so the people you're around, and I think for for guys, it's harder potentially mm. to find committed, faith-filled, you know, good, good dads, good husbands, like just good examples that we can hang with. It's, it's more mm. difficult. So you got to be intentional. You got to really yeah, drive yeah. to make it happen. You have, and you've got to put yourself out there as well, right? You've got, I think you, you know, you've, you've got to be the friend that you want to be. Uh, yeah. And I think sometimes you have to be that first, if that makes sense. You know, a lot of people totally. are like, well, I, yeah. you know, I invited somebody around for dinner once and they, they said no. So why? And I've, I've not got any friends. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, come on, you know, let's uh, let's have you a little try, more. man. Yeah. Just gotta keep a- trying. And, and yeah, like for us, the first in-home group, we, we like we felt called the host an in-home group. And the first one was like, we're not even enjoying this. Like this isn't even very good. <laughs> and, and, and so but we kept doing it and, and got better at leading and hosting and stuff like that. And then that group kind of naturally dissolved and then we started another mm-hmm. group later and it was it was beautiful it was amazing you know um and so actually what's really interesting we uh, this this past sunday at church our pastor was talking about uh, this principle that you don't attract what you want you attract what you are right mm-hmm. and so sometimes you got to focus on like hey i just got to be a better friend like if i want better yeah. friends i got to be a better friend right if exactly. i want to be around people that are going places like I need to work on myself too. Yeah. And, and then, yeah, put, put yourself out there. Totally agree. Yeah. Fantastic. So there you go. Freebie for any listener. Uh, develop Bonus. your friendships. Uh, your same-sex friendships that are life-giving is just a brilliant yes. thing to do. So you mentioned that you got married quite young. Um, and just rewind a, a little bit before that. Uh, how did let's let's start at the beginning. How did you sort of wind up as a Christian? Was it sort of pre-marriage or post-marriage? Yeah, it was pre-marriage for sure. So my uh, my parents really started following Christ, like became committed to the faith when I was about three. So oh, wow. really nobody on either side of the family was really committed to anything, just kind of doing whatever. And uh, my dad's younger brother like got radically transformed, right? Spiritual awakening, got saved um, from a life of crime and craziness, right? Oh, and wow. um, he became a preacher, right? So like went from drug addict to, to preacher like really radical transformation this was your uncle time, this is my uncle yeah uh, so then over time he was like you know sharing the faith with other people and eventually my dad is like okay this is this is real like i want this and so so i was about three when that happened when my dad you know became a man of faith and so i grew up hearing about jesus right and so at a young age i was like i was into it i was like this is cool this makes sense you know yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm i'm committing to this uh, I think like most people then, then, uh, started exploring and wondering and doubting, you know, as I got into my young teenage years and mm-hmm. like, eh, what am I thinking? What, you know, what do I believe about all this? And then, uh, it was really through a, a process, uh, of my mom getting sick uh, with cancer and then, and then passing away when I was 15 that, that like God really, I feel like God spoke to me, not, not audibly, but just like in my, in my heart, like. And, and drew me to him. And then, and then oddly enough, the same uncle that I referenced before, I went to stay with them for a while after my mom passed and just a, just a quality example, man. And I, mm. I saw something in him. I saw this confidence and this purpose and this peace. And I was like, I know why he's got that. That's Jesus, right? But like, mm. I know, I know that's why he's got it. And so that's when it got real for me when I was like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm in on this, right? I'm going to start like 
reading scripture and seeing what God has to say about life. Like, what does God have to say about me? What does God have to say about life? I'm going to pray. And, and so God really did a, did a work there. So it was kind of my younger teenage years, like uh, junior, senior year of high school is when things got real for me. I, I grew up knowing the faith, you know, for sure, but that's mm-hmm. when things got very real for me. So I, I've, I, just pulling back on some of the things you, you talked about there, if I can, you talked about your mom sure. passing away from cancer when you were a teenager. Yeah. Do you mind if I ask what kind of cancer? Yeah, it was lung cancer. Yeah. Wow. So she, um, never a smoker, but people in her family were, you know? Um, and, and so don't know, but this was the, this was the, the early to mid nineties. So she, she passed away in 95. And, uh, so a little less advanced when they, when they found it, it was pretty, it was pretty advanced. It was like stage four, pretty, pretty gnarly at that time. So, so when they discovered it, she battled it for 16 months, um, but it was it was a pretty rough 16 months. She she so showed tremendous strength. Just like kept kept the faith. Was just encouraging to people, like encouraging people that came and visited her. It was it was truly amazing to mm-hmm. to watch um, the the grace that she had through that process. It was pretty rough. It was you know weird for a 15 year old to to process yeah. that. And um, yeah, so it really shaped shaped who I was and who I am and and uh, it was it was lung cancer so in the UK around that sort of age a sort of 15 16 year old you're taking high school exams right um it's mm-hmm. quite a it's quite a, a key time uh I mean I suppose every year is quite a key time in your development but that is particularly key where your education is concerned I don't know if it's the same in the states but did that did that derail you in in any way it didn't derail me as far as school goes. That was something that, that I always did pretty well at. Um, it it kind of, I found out or, or, or she was diagnosed as I was leaving what we would call junior high or, or mm-hmm. now it's mid middle school or whatever. And going into high school, that's where we found out she was, she had cancer. And then it was you know, about, about 16 months later. So actually it was the, uh, it, it was the, the summer before my sophomore year. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And, and so it's sort of before my second year of, of high school. And so, no, it didn't really derail school. That just, I don't know, this was always kind of, I just did it, you know. Um, but it shifted my thinking for sure. You know, I was still like this awkward kid that, that hoped to impress girls and, and make people laugh and, and be popular and stuff. But I also like stopped caring about some things, right? Where it just yeah. puts everything in perspective when you're dealing with life and death and you're not as worried about, people don't like my shoes or something. I don't know. I, I, yeah. I, I, did, I really, I matured very quickly in some mm-hmm. areas. In some areas, I was still a goofball, but, but uh, yeah, it shifted things um, big time, but it didn't impact school. I think I actually probably just did more stuff, you know, yeah. because like my dad was busy and, and my sisters had moved out. I'm the youngest of three. So just me and my dad. And so I was like, well, I'll just be busy, you know, so I mm-hmm. played sports you know, sit after school and stuff like that. So, so no, ed- education was fine, but it, but it definitely, I mean, you know, c- completely upends uh, life and what's normal, you know? Yeah, no, I imagine it does cheapest. So the, it's interesting to, be, to hear you talk about how when this happened, it kind of cemented your faith because you, I don't, I, I hear a lot of stories of people going, well, you know, why did God let this happen? And mm-hmm. and because something bad happened, it, it, it derails their faith slightly. Yeah. Um, but it seems yeah. to have had the opposite effect on on you. How, how, how Am I reading that right? You're totally reading that right. And I, I'm super grateful for it. And I don't know that I can fully explain why. You know, there's even some people in my family that I think kind of ran from the faith or ran to other 
things because of the the tragedy and the trauma there. But yeah, all I can say, and, I, and I've got a, another really close friend of mine um, who's actually a lot like Jared Mitchell, oddly enough, but he's not. His name is, <laughs> his name is David, uh, but he uh, he lost his mom when he was sixteen. So like similar stories, but um, but we we met later in life. Uh, but he said the same thing. Where after my mom passed. I just, I felt God's grace. I don't know like how to really describe it other than mm. I sensed his presence. Like he was just saying, it's going to be okay. Right. Like yeah. I just, um, in my spirit felt him speaking and felt that he was real. And so I was like, okay, this is going to be, this is going to be okay. Right. Yeah. And, and so I don't know. I just, I sensed, I sensed that he was doing something and then mm -hmm. kind of the influence of, of my uncle and a few other key people kind of drove me to, all right, I'm I'm going to get serious about this, right? I'm going to yeah. I'm going to actually dig in and look and see what does God say about life and what does God say about about you know being right with Him and and then as I started reading, as I started reading Scripture and praying, I was like, this is actually pretty cool. There's a lot of power here. There's a lot of power mm -hmm. here. There's a lot of encouragement, a lot of life giving here, and so so yeah, it, it that tragedy, that trauma caused me to go deeper in my faith rather than to to run from it. Um, and I don't fully know why, other than I sensed God's grace and, mm. and there was great influences around me that thankfully I, I paid attention to. Wow. And how was your yeah. dad throughout this whole process? Uh, dad, that's good. It was, my dad's always been like Mr. Consistent, right? So just like mm -hmm. hard work, you know, never takes a sick day in 20 some years, you know, of, uh, of work. He, he's always been more in like the, uh, the trades or manual mm -hmm. labor. And I've always been like terrible working with my hands. So I'm a, I'm a digital marketer and my dad's a, was a mechanic and, and now kind of does maintenance stuff. Mostly retired now, but, um, he, uh, he was strong in the faith as well. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't know how I would have dealt with it. Like the, the mm -hmm. losing your losing, losing a parents really tough, losing a spouse, man, I don't even know. I don't know yeah. what to do there. Like, like my mom and my dad were really close. And so, that was traumatic and so watching him um was was difficult i didn't really know how to process things as a 15 year old he got he got remarried relatively quickly afterwards mm -hmm. which was kind of tough that adds some complexity to, to what was going on that actually was really rough for a while but, but got got way better got again showed up and did, did great things kind of in this new family unit that formed but um but stay, yes, definitely stay committed to the faith, no doubt. But I know he struggled, right? I know, yeah. I know he struggled, which who wouldn't? Like you lose oh, a geez, spouse yeah. of 20, um, what was it at the time? 25 years or something. Uh, I don't know. It was a long time. And so, yeah. so yeah. So he struggled, but but remained strong and, and steady for the most part. So I uh, was, was grateful for that influence for sure. Oh, wow. Well, so then your dad goes on and re remarries uh, which introduces another level of complexity, I assume, to the whole family <laughs> yeah. dynamic. Dude, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was weird, actually. It was really because um, who he remarried was no, no one like my mom, like totally different. Mm -hmm. And so she's awesome lady. We're actually really close to this day. They're not they're not together still. but um, So he remarried a lady who's like the polar opposite of my mom, which was super difficult for me. We really butted heads like hardcore for a while. Mm -hmm. But again, I had like, I had some people who encouraged me like, hey, just you got to like, you got to show kindness and show grace. And so like, I started praying for this new, as a, as a 16 year old or whatever, I was start praying for this new family unit. Right. And I think probably God changed me more than he, than he changed like the family unit, but things. <laughs> it's change. funny how that works, things, right? Yeah. Like, I'm like praying for like, fix this, you know, and like, I think it was probably God changing me, uh, but it, but it was good. And so like now my, uh, he's my ex stepbrother and my ex stepmom because they're no longer together, but they're like still mm -hmm. super, super close. Like we, we, my, my kids still, 
call her uh, grandma and then they mm. still hang out. So it was like, God did a beautiful thing there too, mm. but it was, it was, it was rough for a while. Rough on my sisters were out of the house, but it was rough on them, mm -hmm. um, created some tension in, in relationships and stuff. So, yeah. so yeah, it, it was, uh, it was a little messy for a while, but, but, but again, thankful that God can be that, uh, he works in messy situations, you know? So, so much like his specialism, uh, it feels like it is. Yeah. Like taking brokenness, taking, mm -hmm messiness you know taking what's dead and making it alive again you know, mm. that's, that's what god does and so that's what he did there and i'm i'm super grateful uh, mm. that it happened yeah yeah so uh, this is when you're sort of 16 17 so at, at what point do you meet the future mrs curry yeah so that uh is interesting we I actually so we're in the same youth group right um and i saw her and i thought man that britney chambers is pretty cute um but I was, I was at like the, like I said, I was at a different stage, right? I like, I'd gone through this trauma. I feel like I just, I became, in some ways I became an adult, even though I totally wasn't in a lot of ways, but I wasn't really into the youth group. I was like, do you, some youth stuff is silly. So I just wanted to like go yeah. learn. And I was yeah. like going deep on studying stuff. So I, I went to like adult classes, which seems a little pretentious now, but I don't know. I just didn't want to go to youth group. So yeah. we didn't, uh, we didn't really connect, but I saw her and she was way cute. Um, but then I actually met her dad. So I started volunteering and I started serving in this, this ministry that kind of served underprivileged kids and underprivileged mm -hmm. families. And so and this, this is kind of an odd thing now looking at 2022 versus this was in the late 90s. But I would go as a teenager uh, with some other people, we would go to like parks and play basketball and football and meet kids like in, in rougher parts of our city and then say, hey, kids, would you like to go to a one day camp and, you know, hear the gospel and there's all this fun stuff. And then I would go to, and if they said yes, then I would, you know, walk with them to their house and talk to their parents. And it was the weirdest thing that like we would, we would talk to parents and I'd be like, Hey, we'll, you know, we'll come pick your kids up and they'll be gone for a Saturday. People would just be like signing the forms and be like, yeah, just get, get the kids out of here. <laughs> it's a different time now, isn't it? Different time. It's a different time now where mm -hmm. I'm like, uh, this is creepy. Like I'm going to just mean kids at the park. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> but it, it, it worked. And like a lot of kids had a great time. It was all free for them. They get to, you know, pet, get petting zoo and they got to hear encouragement. It, it was awesome. But anyway, so through that, I met Brittany's dad. So we were like working right. together, serving together and just an awesome guy, like awesome leader connected. He really liked me. Like, so he was like, this is a pretty cool guy. So um, then once, so then Brittany volunteers to be on the team. So I was, I was like 18, 19, I'm leading a team. Uh -huh. um, and she volunteers to be on my team. So I'm like, okay, cool. But she has a boyfriend. So I'm like, dang it. Dang. <laughs> I remember my dad being like, my dad being like, hey, what do you think about that Brittany Chambers? I'm like, I can't talk to Brittany. She's on my team and she's got a boyfriend. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> but, but thankfully, Matt, that didn't last. That boy, that boyfriend went away. And uh, yeah. so we, we started hanging out. And I think I think her parents were encouraging it, which that, you know, that worked in my favor. But uh, yeah, we started, so we started serving together, started hanging out. Um, when, when, when she was basically 17, I was almost 19 and then got married like a year and a half later. So, so she turned 19 on our honeymoon, which is just crazy. Wow. I was, That's I was so young. Man. Yeah. It's so young. Like I look, I've got two kids now that age. I'm like, I can't picture either. <laughs> but I think, I mean, they're, and they're, they're awesome. Like they're going to be fantastic, you know, young adults already are young, uh, yeah. young adults. But, but again, I think it was like, she was more mature. I, again, I feel like because of, 
my life, I was just like, I don't know. I was like, I'm ready to be an adult. Let's, let's, yeah. let's do this thing. Let's go, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and so we got to grow up together and make all kinds of financial mistakes <laughs> and <laughs> other, th- other things together, which, which looking back was very valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, got married super young and then just decided, hey, let's have like, you know, almost a dozen kids. And, and uh, <laughs> so anyway, but yeah, we did, we did ministry together for a long time in the early days. And, yeah. and so that helped kind of solidify that relationship too. I remember when I was at uni, um, you know, some friends of mine got married at university, uh, wonderful people, you know, wonderful people. And um, I remember at the time thinking, this is so cool that they found, you know, their life partner. I didn't get married until I was in my mid 20s, but they were like, they were in their early 20s. They were getting married and it was, they were like, I was just like, I was pleased for them. And then I was talking to someone about this other day. My son is currently that, that age that, yeah, People we're getting married, and you're like, "Oh, I don't quite know that this is quite a wise thing anymore." Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So it's- we got married um, before my junior year of of university, and then we actually had our first kid. We had Nate, who's our oldest, or Nathan. So they're they're like my graduation pictures. I'm holding Nathan, right? Like we. Uh, wow. So I was working full time, supporting the family, doing you know doing the college thing or university thing, and so yeah, it was a unique road. Like I wouldn't recommend it for most people. Mm. I think it's probably not a good idea for most people. But for us, like we were we were ready. It was right. Like I wouldn't I wouldn't change anything. Mm. Um, but yeah, dude, we were we were babies ourselves, no doubt. <laughs> That's crazy. So um, so you're. Well, this is what twenty-two years ago, isn't it? Somewhere around there. I think you're two years yeah, behind yeah, me exactly. in marriage years. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so you guys, you and Brittany, have been married twenty-two years. Brett and Brittany. Uh, Brittany. I think, yeah, yeah. And um, how's that been? How's how's has it been? Twenty-two years of unmitigated bliss, or have you have you had the odd odd hiccup? I mean, you've got eight kids, so you know, there's something's obviously happened in the middle. Yeah, you know, it was really interesting. Um, you know, Brittany and I, we, we've always had a really close relationship. You know, I've, I've always told her, and, and and this is true, like I'd rather hang out with her than almost anybody else. Like there's mm-hmm. a there's this friendship component, and there's like strong attraction. Like I'm so crazy about her. I think she's beautiful, and and, and she feels the, the same about me. And so like that, that, that core has always been there. Interestingly enough, like through the early days when like – first business that we started was up and down good years some traumatic years that never really caused strain between us it was it was odd actually like we didn't we didn't really fight about money um we talked about it and we worked through it and we were discouraged mm-hmm. by a lot of things but didn't really fight about money we started having kids we actually agreed on a lot of things related to to little kids like through the younger age and toddler and stuff we, we'd have little spats we'd, we'd fight about little things but it was actually not anything very major interestingly enough we um didn't really have like any major fights until we started having teenagers <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and so then teenage teenagers are weird man if, if you anybody's well, a lot of people know i know you know uh uh and, you know but if you got younger kids just hang on like i remember you don't want to borrow trouble don't borrow trouble from your future self but i remember people saying you know we have little kids are like uh, don't just enjoy this time because you have big kids you have big problems you know and yeah uh, okay whatever i'm changing like 15 diapers a day here i don't i don't i don't think uh, i don't think it can get any more challenging but uh, <laughs> actually my wife is probably changing more diapers than me but but um started having teenagers and we just we found we weren't agreeing we just weren't agreeing on right. on 
like when when I was a teenager, and again, you know, different different life scenario. My mom passed, just me and my dad. Like my dad was just like, well, "You're kind of in charge of yourself, right?" And and still yeah. great influence. Like he was not an absentee father at all, but he's like, "Just do your thing," you know. And um, yeah, Brittany's family was really structured, and so I kind of I lean more towards a just do your thing, and she's very structured. And so we. We fought a decent amount, actually, about about teenagers, and um, mm. had a real never to the point like we're all we've always been super committed to each other. So there's never a question about well, this is just isn't going to work. Um, mm. But we were fighting a lot, and so we actually this is something I recommend for everybody now, even if you're not in a stage of fighting. We started seeing a counselor, so we found mm. a, a Christian counselor, a lady who was recommended to us from other people who's like really strong in the faith and really committed to marriages. Like I think you, I think you get into trouble by going to the wrong counselor, you know, like, well, maybe you guys just aren't compatible. Find someone else. You know? Um, so this counselor was awesome. And, and, and she helped really transform the way we communicated about difficult things. And so that was transformational for us. Yeah. My wife actually still sees this counselor just talking through like personal growth and stuff, which Mm -hmm. is amazing. We didn't go all that long. It was, um, maybe six, eight months or maybe it was a year. I'm kind of bad with dates, but, uh, but it was fantastic. And so Mm. now, uh, so we really worked through that period, and and now that our two oldest are kind of, one has got a career. Our oldest son Nate's twenty; he's got a career now, and and then our our eighteen, almost nineteen year old daughters at university. And so uh, I'm turning British here at university. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm I'm impressed. I had noticed. Yeah, <laughs> she went went away to college. That's what we, that's what we say here. But, <laughs> but uh, she's doing fantastic. And so we're we're again we're kind of in this smooth space mm. where we're super busy. But we're aligned, right, and 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 functioning pretty well um, as as parents. And so yeah. now it's more just like, how do we deal with the busyness? How do we carve out time for each other? Mm-hmm. How do we make sure we're giving, you know, giving it our all to both our teenagers and our young people? Because we, you know, we got from twenty down to six as far as kids. So how do we show up for them? Yeah. When yeah. They need to? And so, but yeah, but yeah, it's been, uh, it's been an amazing road. I couldn't imagine doing this with anybody else. I don't think anybody else could handle it. Mm-hmm. Uh, very few people could, um, other than her. And so, so yeah, that's kind of the, the quick ish story. So who decided to do counseling? Was that Britain's idea or was that your idea? It was her idea. It was. Yeah. I, I was fully supportive of it though. I, I was mm-hmm. not like, the, uh, I don't need no counseling. You know, I, mm-hmm. I was fully supportive of it, but she had talked to some friends who, we're seeing this counselor like on a, on a one-on-one basis. And so, so she met with, uh, her name's Nicole, but she met with Nicole, the counselor and um, just brought up a few things. I think she just said, Hey, like, do you do couples counseling? And she did. And so, but as she mentioned, I was like, Hey, uh, all for it. Like, if this is going to help us, it's going to make it better. Let's do it. And um, yeah. so, yeah, so it was, it was very valuable. And now I, I, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, I like, I like sports where we're, all in favor of having a coach, right? Or even seeing a specialist, like mm-hmm. help me with my golf swing or help me get my basketball shot better or, or help me with help me with my workout technique. But we're not very willing to do that on the the mental or emotional side, right? Like yeah, help, yeah, me, yeah. Relate, help me relate better to my spouse. Help me mm-hmm. communicate about difficult things better. Like, well, mm-hmm. I, don't, I, don't need, I don't need that, right? Got, got the Bible. I'll just read that, which, which <laughs> is, an, is an amazing tool. Like it is an amazing yeah. tool, but... A lot of times we need some guidance. We yeah, need some we do. Help, right? yeah, yeah, So, No, I'd agree. It's interesting, isn't it? The two big things that you do in life, you get married and you parent, and nobody teaches you anything about this. No, exactly. You don't You don't have a clue. Like, we're, you're making it up as you go, literally making it up as you go. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think there's always going to be an element of that, right, because you can't fully be prepared to get out there and just start doing it. 
but we I think yeah we need more good mentors and examples I think that's what mm-hmm. the, like the church is about right when the church yeah. is healthy that's what it's about but then I think also if you can like see, see you know getting even professional help at times can, mm-hmm. can be really valuable too yeah it's interesting actually uh, um, uh, Dave Conley who has been on the podcast um, he's he was also the founding pastor of the church that I go to mm-hmm. and Dave and I have been close friends for 30 years I mean the man is an absolute legend um, but he is further on in the faith than me. So he's, he's kind of a yeah. sort of a dad figure, slow stroke, sort of best mate stroke. Do you know what I mean? He's just, yeah. a, he's just a bloke yeah. who's just really cool to hang out with. Yeah. And I was yeah. I was talking to him about this whole marriage counselling thing, because obviously as, as he has pastored the church and as I pastor a church, you do get asked a lot of questions by married couples as the pastor. Yeah. And he made this really interesting comment. He said... Um, What's interesting is when you do counselling with couples who are in crisis, um, if they're in the church, what can happen is they can drift away after the counselling because as the pastor, you learn so much about them as a couple. There's something Mm -hmm. about them feeling a little bit insecure that actually you know quite a lot of intimate details about them. And so they sort of slowly drift out of the church. And he said, it's really interesting how many couples come to you for counselling but end up leaving the church. So there is this sort of argument for saying, go see an independent marriage counsellor, right, rather than your church pastor. Yeah, I think there's there's a lot of merit there. I think, you know, we the, something that's pretty common in the United States, I'm not sure if it's popular elsewhere, but like pre-marriage counseling. So, you know, yeah. you're, you're about to get married and so you meet with a pastor for a mm. while. I think that's like totally cool. Do that with your, your pastor because yeah. that, that's, that's pretty safe stuff. But I could totally see that. I think some pastors are really equipped for the heavy stuff to, mm-hmm. to get into some of the more uh, sticky details. But I think there's some value in, in keeping some things private and, and going mm. to see that professional. Again, I think you've got to choose wisely, right? It's got to be yeah. someone that you, you agree with their stance on the faith. Like if you're going to really get into deep stuff, and obviously I think there's wisdom to be had outside of the faith too. I, 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 I read, I read non-Christian books. I talk to mm. non-Christian people all the time. That's really valuable. But I think when you're looking at something like marriage, you just want to make sure you're getting counseling from someone that's got the right, the, the view of marriage that you have. Right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, they're not going to tell you just to hit the hit the eject button, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think that has a that makes a lot of sense. Go see a professional at times, maybe yeah. not just your pastor. Yeah. No. Very very. Fun. So, what was? Uh, I I mean, it was obviously a while ago, but I'm I'm and you you went to see them to help sort of learn how to communicate with your wife under difficulty. What were some of the takeaways for you? Yeah. So you know, one of the things that one of the things that that she had us both do. That, that was very personal, but then that translated into the way we communicate and relate to each other is uh, there was a name for this process. I'm drawing a blank now, but basically uh, process, you take 21 days to work on this, take a blank sheet of paper because it's good to just like write things on paper. We talked about this in one of the other podcasts, right? We're so digital. Yeah, yeah uh, It's kind of nice yeah. to write on paper on occasion, but take a piece of paper on, on the left-hand side, you write, hey, these are the things I struggle with about mm-hmm. myself. Like I'm not... I'm not enough, right? I'm not mm. smart enough. I'm not smart enough to run a business and mm. parent eight kids and I don't have enough energy to coach basketball and I'm, I'm not, you know, whatever. And, you know, I'm, I'm fearful about this. You, you write those things down. And then on the right side, you write what, what, is, the, what is the truth, right? What, what is the, the truth in scripture that God gives us that, that, that helps with that, right? So one of the scriptures that, I, that I've always loved is Second Peter that 
we, we've been given everything we need for life and godliness, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so no, I, sure, I'm maybe not enough on my own, but like God's given me everything I need. So mm-hmm. God, God has called me to do these things, called me to be a dad of eight, eight kids and called me to be in this mm-hmm. business and all these things. Like God's going to equip me. God's going to give me mm-hmm. what I need, right? And, and then like fearful about certain things and good to talk about him. Hey, I'm, I'm actually fearful about this. Mm-hmm. God's not giving us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so beginning to work through those things and kind of renewing your mind. So then when those negative thoughts pop up or thoughts that are not true pop up, you can balance it with truth. So that was one of the most powerful things we did. It was individual, but we both did it because we both yeah. found that, Hey, these negative things we're wrestling with, they, they clash with each other. And so we start getting healthy mentally on our own and we, we, we relate and communicate better. Um, I, I think it was also important. Uh, do you, have you ever taken the Enneagram test, Matt? Do you know Enneagram? I know what it is. I've never actually done it. Yeah, so I, I am a big fan. I, I don't think you can, you know, put all, all your trust in a personality test, or it's not, mm. it's not everything, you know. But it's like it, it's a data point, and it, it's mm. it's it's informative, and it can help, you know, help you better relate, help you better understand yourself, help you better relate. Anyway, I'm a three on the enneagram, which means I'm, I'm an achiever, right? So I'm a, I'm an achiever and a performer. So I got to be achieving things. Uh, my wife is a is a one. And um, she is like rule oriented and process oriented. And uh, so there are times when we really clash, mm-hmm. right? I'm like not a rule keeper. So I, uh, I can feel like she's judging me. Mm-hmm. Um, she can get the sense that I don't care, right? So mm-hmm. like we, we, as we start having these conversations, we're like, okay, when you say these things, I get triggered and I feel judged. When mm-hmm. I do these things, you get triggered and you feel like I don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we're able like to, to walk through some of those things. And really, just kind of get tools on on how we how we communicate better uh, mm. about about those tricky things. Like, hey, you know, as we had this experience, you know, as we were talking mm. through this, I really felt upset. You know, I really felt mm. a little bit angry or sad. I was sad because I felt like we weren't connected. You know, so like you, having tools to talk through without like judging. You know, without saying like, yeah. hey, remember when you totally screwed up the other day? Like, not, none of that. Just like, hey, when we did this, like it was, it hurt, and here's why. You know, and, and so. Um, so that, that was really valuable as well. Yeah. No, fantastic. Fantastic. And what's been your big, I mean, you've, you've got eight kids, right? So you, yeah. you, you know a thing or two about parenting. Um, if you could go back and have a conversation with your 20-year-old self, you know, your wife's pregnant with Nate, um, what would be the one piece of advice you'd give yourself about parenting? Yeah, I think the, the, the thing that I've shared with a few other parents and that I would want to keep in mind is uh, as parents, we have immense influence, incredible mm-hmm. influence, maybe the most influence out of anybody else right on the planet. We have a ton of influence. We don't have a lot of control at the end of the day. <laughs> right? we, you can't really control things. Kid, kids will be their own person, um, mm-hmm. whether they just kind of fake it around you and then they're mm-hmm. their real self mm-hmm. later or they're one way at home, different way at school, like they are going to be who they are, right? Mm-hmm. But you can influence them greatly. You can give them confidence and strength and you can lead them to the faith, right? That like, hey, this this is all, like, God is good. God is good. Mm-hmm. God is faithful. God is awesome. Like we have this, we have all, all this influence, but we start trying to control too much um, and often bad things happen, right? So, mm-hmm. so um, limited control. I think I would have... Um, panicked a little less with with our first right where and, and we've actually had to apologize to nate who's our oldest who's a fantastic kid he's got a sales mm-hmm. job he's crushing he's just doing so good but a few times we've had to apologize we're like 
it's tough being the oldest, man. It's tough being the first because parents are figuring it out. We're just yeah. we're making it up as we go. Yeah, <laughs> we're making a lot of mistakes with you. Uh, so so forgive us for that. Um, but I, but I really I like that. Like we have a lot of influence, not as much control. Mm-hmm. Uh, every kid is going to be different, right? Every kid is going to be radically different. Even in the same house, they're going to be different, and that's a good thing. Um, and then I think really, if kids know you love them and you support them and you're for them. Um, that's what they need more than anything else, right? So obviously, we we still we're parents, right? We're not mm. we're not just friends, although I think that does develop. Uh, we're parents, so like we got to help make decisions. And when they're little, we're we're making decisions for them and things like that. We got to say no to things and you know be the bad guy on on, on occasion. We have to parent, um, but they need to know that that like we're we're for them and and mm. we're in their corner. And uh, I also think we need to know that they really belong to God, right? Ultimately, yeah. our kids. Our kids are gods, not ours. So we're, we've been given this responsibility to train them mm. and to, to raise them, but they don't really belong to us, right? Yeah. And so so that that should shift the picture just a little bit too. Fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, Brett, as we sort of draw near to an end, because um, I'm aware of time, uh, I, I, one of the questions I like to ask people is, what's your one message? What's the, the one thing that you're really passionate about? What would your end be? Yeah, I, this is a tough question because there's, uh, I found like when I'm leading Bible studies, I'll be like, oh, this is one of my favorite scriptures. <laughs> but I say it, like, I say it every week. It's like, okay, well, you, you say that every time you open your mouth about scripture. So, so that's tough. But uh, one of my favorite messages, and I've used this with youth groups and with my kids and with, with adults. And, um, and again, this, this, is, this is a Brit, right? Um, mm. Which is kind of cool for this podcast. But I, I say this in... <laughs> It's all Americans as well, but uh, C.S. Lewis said, the more we give ourselves over to God, the more truly ourselves we become Mm. because he made us, right? He invented us. He created us. And I think there's this, there's this sense that I don't want to surrender to God, right? I want to be my own person. I want to be me. And I definitely felt this in my own life. Uh, when I was a teenager and I started just committing my ways to God, right? And and then giving more of my life yeah. to him. I had the freedom to be funny. I feel like my uniqueness came out a little bit, like God kind of stoking that and fanning that yeah. flame. Where before I didn't really know who I should be. And part of that was because I was like, yeah, like junior high kids, what, what, what do we know anyway, right? So there's part of that was the age, but I really struggled with identity and who am I? I started giving myself over to the Lord though. It's like he just, he started to bring out this uniqueness and I could, I could be me. Uh, and so I think that's, that's one of those things that ties back to the, the message that God is good, right? Mm. In, the, in the midst of trauma, in the midst of success, in the midst of marital bliss or marital trauma, like God is good. And I think that, um, that that ties into that as well. So so that that would kind of be the, the the message that I would lean into the most. I think. Wow. So you're quoting C.S. Lewis, who is British. You you've changed your yes. vernacular. You're going to call your daughter later and say, "How's university going?" She's going to go, "Dad, what are you talking about?" <laughs> exactly. exactly. Oh man, yeah. I, I, uh, we actually we actually do British. We talk in British accents. The daughter who is at at university, uh, we talk in British accents on occasion. Um, she, I would like to hear actually, the British accent. Well, it's pretty good. You know, we like to we like to talk British every now and then, and just <laughs> all the faith or encouragement. Yeah. 
<laughs> That's probably horrible. Your British people are like no, this guy. no. That was uh, that was pretty good actually. Uh, you don't hear many Americans doing British accents. You hear a lot of British people doing American accents. I've got, I've got a little uh, bit of skill, and we we can un unpack that anyway. So yeah, yeah, we uh, we, have, we have fun with it. So. <laughs> we feel I feel so much smarter when I talk in a British accent. So, so yeah, is that how it works? Occasionally, you got to unpack it. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny, you know, Brett, because I used to live in North Carolina uh, when oh, I was 18. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's actually where I became a Christian. No, yeah, but that's a story for another podcast. But I yeah. used to live in North Carolina when I was 18, and this was pre-internet. Uh, mm. So I just went, you know, the, this was, we just about had a phone and a fax machine back then, right? <laughs> and, um, and because uh, I talked with a British accent, you almost became like a little micro-celebrity in that sort of community. Do you right, know what I mean? Because right. you're in. You want to hear you talk? Could you just yeah. read something for it? Read the paper or something so we can hear you? Yeah. I got. I honestly, the amount of times people would say, "Can you just say dot dot dot?" But how do you? <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? Can you just say this phrase or this word? And you'd like, okay, say yeah, it aluminium. Again. Yeah. Yeah, aluminium <laughs> vase, um, <laughs> vitamins, and so we would. <laughs> and you know what? It was a beautiful thing. Whenever I'd go into a shop. Uh, in North Carolina, I would overemphasize the Britishness yeah. of my. Oh, you gotta dial it up. You gotta dial it up. Yeah, people, people ate it up. They loved it. I'm sure. Oh, mate, the amount of free stuff I got was unbelievable. <laughs> Give that so, British guy some free stuff. Yeah. Cool. We like him. <laughs> <laughs> he's got to be smart. Uh, he's got to be smarter than all of us. Yeah. Oh, mate, it was it was a great time. And let me tell you, I got I, I remember getting pulled over by the police for driving slightly too fast because we had slightly faster speed limits. Uh, and um, given the police, I shouldn't say this on a Christian podcast, but I gave the the police officer my driver's license when he asked for it. Um, and in England, that was that wasn't a little photo idea. It is now, but at the time, it wasn't. It was a big old piece of paper. Uh, and I remember giving him my driver's license, and he's like, "What? What do I do with this?" And I'm like. <laughs> I, officer, I wish I could help you. Do you ask, what do you want to know? Maybe I could help. And he was like, and, and it was just brilliant. And he was like, oh, you're from England? I'm like, yeah. He said, oh, just don't drive as fast. I said, okay, I'll try it. I'm just, we're on the wrong side of the road, officer. <laughs> it's great. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Uh, Brett, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Listen, if people want to connect with you, if they want to reach out, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'm on Facebook. Um, it's so uh, Brett Curry on Facebook. I don't remember what the handle is. I'm on LinkedIn. So if you're a professional, mm -hmm. wanna, I'm, I'm easy to find on LinkedIn. And then also, uh, we've talked about this now a few times. I, I've even talked to my assistant about this. We're planning it. We're already, we got plans in motion. Going to be on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter. Uh, also happy if you got like a faith-based question or whatever, email me, brett at omgcommerce.com. And uh, yeah, love to connect. Yeah, fantastic. I have been watching Twitter to see if you, you're back on. Haven't done anything yet. No, no. I'm just. No. I'm planning. I'm just planning. I'm just getting getting my ducks in a row. Getting getting ready. <laughs> getting my ducks in a row. I've I've done like two or three tweets. I tweeted Michael Hyatt the other day. Um, asked nice. him a question. He got in touch, um, and I I tweeted an article from the Times about Formula One. So uh, I'm two tweets that. in front. So I. You're, you are, you have taken the, you've jumped out into the league of years and I've got some catch up to do. Yeah. I realized my, my Twitter picture is like eight years old and my background's like a picture I took of New York City from <laughs> 15 years ago. Like I, I got, I got a little bit of work to do, but I'm, I'm going to get there. I'm gonna get yeah. There. Catch up. Uh, uh, just whenever you're back on, make me your first tweet. That's all I ask. Okay. 
Okay. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. It's been awesome. Uh, it's been brilliant. Thanks, Brett. Listen, we will link obviously to Brent's info, uh, Brent's Brett's info in the show notes, uh, which you can get along for free, along with a transcript and notes at Crowd Church. If there are any topics that we've talked about today, from parenting to the passing of a parent uh, to cancer. Um, and you would like to talk to somebody, you can get in touch with us at Crowd Church. We would love to hear from you. Uh, all the contact information is at www.crowd.church. There are actually live streams which we have done on grief. We have done What Does the Bible Say About Cancer with Annie Uden. In fact, we've done a What's the Story podcast where we deep dive into that. In the live stream, we talked with cancer surgeons and specialists and all kinds of stuff. So if you are struggling with some of those stuff, we've got some great resources on the website which you can uh, get a hold of. We've got talks about parenting, uh, granted not from anyone with as much experience as Brett or Brittany, but uh, maybe next time. Uh, <laughs> all like I say, all of that information's at crowd.church. So uh, there you go. Remember to check out the website. Remember, uh, that we're, listen, we're just a digital church. Uh, we're on a quest to discover how Jesus helps us live a more meaningful life. We are a community, a space to explore the Christian faith and a place Place where you can contribute and grow and you are welcome at crowd church and if you're in uh springfield missouri uh, what church do you go to brett so we attend life church which uh, uh so you can go to life.church it's a multi-location church pastor by craig groeschel who's an amazing leader yeah, great guy we're great one guy. of like 42 42 campuses 43 something like that oh wow but uh, some great free resources too like free resources if you if you're leading a small group or a church mm -hmm. like basically get all of life church resources for free they just give them away and um yeah so life church it's, it's amazing yeah no it's, it's the most well one of the most generous churches that i know uh i think all so. the stuff that is so. unreal what the guys are doing it's brilliant really really good uh, and actually so the, you, uh, the U version the U version bible app that's like yeah. half a half a billion downloads life church <laughs> created that like so they've got there's a yeah. hundred people on staff just working on the bible app of course it's all free uh, which is pretty amazing yeah, well, it's fantastic. Uh, so if you're in that area, do check out Life Church. And in fact, they do online church services as well. So do check those out. Uh, be sure to subscribe to What's the Story, wherever you get your podcast from, because we've got some great conversations lined up and I don't want you to miss any of them, obviously. And in case no one has told you yet today, uh, let me press this button here. Uh, no, wrong button. Let me press that button. There you go. In case no one's told you today, you are awesome. Yes, you are. It's just a burden we all have to bear you know god creators uh he fearfully and wonderfully made the bible says so uh, translate that in the message i guess it will say you're awesome it's just a burden we have to bear so there you go what's the story is produced by crowd online church you can find our entire archive of episodes on your favorite podcast app the team that makes this show possible is sadaf bain on george McQuaig, josh catch paula stella robin and tim johnson our theme song was written by josh edmondson and if you would like to read the transcript or show notes as i mentioned head over to our website you should know by now www.crowd.church where you can also sign up for the weekly newsletter and get all of this good stuff directly to your inbox totally free totally amazing so that's it from me that's it from brett thank you so much for joining us have a fantastic week i'll see you next time bye for now <laughs>